0: Cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate "Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, divided them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he would received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished.
1: I'll lead us in a prayer of confession, and uh, the response will appear on the screen behind me in due course. Lord Jesus, we too have said that we will stand by you, and yet at times we run away in fear. We have said that we will love others as you taught us, and yet many other times we don't. We have said that we would offer support with our prayers and yet so often we can be too busy to pray. Like those disciples, we fear what we don't know. We're often often cautious about committing ourselves and we often deny you in our daily lives. Forgive us, we pray. And then in response behind me, If you could say with me, Lord, when we face difficult decisions, help us to act responsibly and prayerfully. Give us the courage to stand by you, quietly, confident in the faith that you are as much with us as you were with Peter and the disciples on that dark day. Amen. Amen. Well, we don't have a sermon this morning, which you might all breathe a sigh of relief about. There's one on Sunday, by the way, as you come back. Um, but I have written a reflection on the passage that Jackie read to us, and I'm just going to uh, read this. The proceedings before Pilate had taken place early. It would have been about nine in the morning by the time the armed escort with the three condemned Men reached the place of the skull, the hill known as Golgotha, outside of Jerusalem. With the help of Simon of Cyrene, our Lord Jesus had carried his, his heavy cross to Golgotha. There it was set up and firmly implanted in the ground by the soldiers. In silence, our exhausted, fawn crowned saviour would have stood watching their work waiting for what he knew must come next. You must have remembered the prophecies of his suffering and death, and saw in the cross the altar on which that atonement was now finally to be made for the redemption of the world. Crucifixion was the Romans' most cruel and ignominious means of execution. It meant that the criminal wasn't even worthy to touch the earth with their, feet, with their feet and that the criminal's head was raised up, as it were, given up to the judgment of the gods. But our Lord Jesus, who was without sin and who was completely innocent, let this terrible form of capital punishment be carried out upon him, knowing that it was his obedience to death that was going to become our cup of salvation. There he hung on that accursed tree, an outcast, raised up as it were between heaven and earth, cast out, rejected by humanity, and now bearing our sin, abandoned by God. Those hands that had healed the sick, those hands that had blessed the little children, are now pinned to the side beams of that cross with iron nails. And the feet which had carried him so far and finally to this place are pierced and nailed to the lower end of the cross. His pale face left bent forward looking down on the world that he had so loved and sought to serve. His arms pinned wide as a profound expression of God's open arms. God's compassion and love toward all who, towards all who are weary of their sin. To all the heavy laden of this world who could find their rest by simply putting their trust in God's free gift, offered here, a gift of mercy and forgiveness. It is right that we too, in, on this day, in this hour, look to the cross and consider in silence what it has to say to us. There it stands on that hill, its dark form towering over the world, over all time all ages. It speaks to us of sin, of pain, of death, of damnation. It shows us as the despair brought upon all of creation through humanity's persistent rebellion to God's word. But the cross, which is the tree of the curse, of sin and death, also testifies powerfully to the transforming power of God's love and mercy. The offering of the cross was received by God and transformed and changed, as it were, into something far, far more than purely the cruel tool of execution that it was to the Romans. Through Jesus' obedience to death, the cross has become a symbol of his victory and enduring lordship. It has become, as it were, the battle cry, the banner of hope and glory for all people. The cross has become the scepter, the sword of state with which he now rules the world. The sword with which he has overcome all his enemies. But the cross is also like the shepherd's staff with which he leads his flock to pasture on the green pastures of his grace. The cross is the altar of reconciliation where all can find forgiveness and peace by simply confessing their sins and putting their faith, their trust, in what God was doing on that hill of death, that dark day. For those who have made that step of faith, the cross has become the tree of life, its fruits winning for them, healing from their wounds, and the opening of of the gates of glory. The cross whose foot is sunk into the earth reminds us of our our mortality, but it also points us towards heaven. It shows us the full extent of God's love. It shows us just how far he will go, even for you and I. So there it stands on that hillside, that place of death. There was there that day a terrible darkness, a terrible despair which Jesus experienced and bore for our sakes. Yet there was there that day and continues to be a most wonderful hope there too. It is right, especially on this day, that we stop and look in wonder and worship at Jesus who bore all this for you and for I. The cross through which God spoke, then is one through which God continues to speak by his spirit right up to our present day. He continues to make himself known through the cross right into 2023 and beyond. The cross calls out to each one of us to return to God. For the way is now open and Jesus, who is our gate to glory, now beckons each one of us to come, to come and follow him.